When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Graham Thillis and I'm here with two fine men. First of all, the man that rejects his title of the podcast Snappiest Dresser with all the confidence of a snappily dressed man, Craig Kearns. Hello, Craig. Hello, Graham. Hello. And secondly, I'm joined by a man that needs a complete introduction as we've never actually met before. Hello to Paisley FM's presenter of the alternative show, <laughs> Jamie Coburn. Hello, Jamie. All right, how's it going? I really hope you have updated your Twitter bio recently and I've not just said something no, terribly, no. Out, terribly, terribly out of date. Yeah, 107.5, listen to it then, Saturday, 10 o'clock. <laughs> Welcome, Jamie. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, on today's show, we will have a quick run of hotties or notties and then run through the weekend's action as it's Monday show. Does somebody want to you want to start us off with a hottie or a naughty? Either is fine. A hottie, being off your work ill seems to be a hottie at the moment. I've had a real rough you day. Sound te- you've suddenly sound terrible. I've had a really rough day at work yesterday. Um, the person that was supposed to be editing the paper was up ill, and then the person that was supposed to come in and cover for a few hours was also ill. So it was absolutely mental, and I am just getting my excuses in early for why I'm so run down and might not be on top form. Magic, uh, I will jump in with a hottie, which is my first is uh, square pegs and round holes. So it turns out the idea of playing players in their positions is completely overrated. <laughs> you do not need to do it. Stick Michael Smith fucking anywhere in the Hearts team and he's probably the best player in that position. Yep. Possibly the exception of centre forward, maybe. On an Uchi bad, they'd still take Michael Smith up front. Or alternatively, just stick Greg Lee and Zach Viner in central midfield against the form team in the league. And absolutely dominate them. So positions, as it turns out, are for complete mugs, square pegs and round holes. Jamie, have you got one for us? Yeah, I'll go for a naughty. May as well start on a negative note, but um, <laughs> out of context, uh, Twitter accounts. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it up. It was kind of, or 
funny when it first started with like the Chris Eubank one, then the Barry Hearn one, and then they both get done to death. And now there seems to be just like a new one popping up like constantly. Like I saw a John McGinn one the other day, um, the Scottish football one. Every team's going to get one eventually. It's just died to death already, so just please stop. I think I see a new one every day. Yeah. It's just on the most random subjects as well. The yeah. thing is as well, you do that thing where you stumble across somebody else's Twitter account and all the, it's just like post after post of various no context things like I don't understand any of these. I think I might be approaching old man shouts at Cloud. Um, here, What's even worse are the ones that give the full context in the video. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever as well. Yeah, the one I saw the other day was a John McGinn one, and it was saying, like, when your mum asks you want, what you want for tea, and it just said chips. And I'm like, uh, okay, is that supposed to be funny? Yeah, um, yeah no. <laughs> no, there's absolutely That's no, no context for that as well. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got another hottie, which is uh, zipline cameras. It was the I maybe the I I indulged myself in a bit of the Barclays yesterday for my sins mainly because I was still trying to walk off a hangover, um, but saw at Old Trafford they had the zipline camera and it gave nothing added nothing to the game nothing to the show whatsoever. However, allow me to indulge myself here, but uh, the Chicago Bears Cordell Patterson's kick return is the most incredible use of a zipline camera anywhere at any time. So you can just turn it off now essentially. It was like watching, you know, the boulder scene from Indiana Jones when it's rolling down, mm-hmm. and all of the, you see everything that's happening because it's so well shot and the whole thing's well so well put together. Except this is in a live sporting event where you're watching <laughs> eleven men trying to kill one man essentially, and another ten men try to stop them. And the way he runs underneath the camera and then accelerates beyond it, it's on every Chicago Bears Twitter account ever, and it is the best thing. It is the best thing to see because it's like. It's like being an NFL player, except you have no danger of ending up in a body bag. So that's really what I want to. That's really <laughs> what I want to see. That yeah. So I've just got two hotties because I'm a positive guy. <laughs> uh, I've got another hottie and a naughty. Which do you want first? We'll, we'll go for a wee sandwich because you, you started. Yeah, yeah. Go for a naughty and then a hottie. Uh, people booing the new drop ball rule when correctly applied. People just, <laughs> people just need to stop it. It's not difficult to work out. Do you think the ref would be that blatant in his cheating? And I mean, it's obviously a rule change if you're not understanding it. Just stop booing that law being applied. You've got so many other things to boo. So many other <laughs> things that you can boo. So choose them. Yep. Any more, Jamie? Um, I know we probably won't talk about it much, but Dundee United's downfall. That's pretty much a hottie for me. That's a hottie. Especially after giving Nielsen a new contract. <laughs> yeah, uh, Robbie Nielsen getting himself a new contract after losing to Alawa and then following that up with getting absolutely pumped by Faisal Elbak Towie and Queen of the South was a decent watch. There's some really good clips yeah. of Elbak Towie. <laughs> As it turns out, he just hates Dundee United. Has we all do. <laughs> <laughs> Offers very little two games other than when he turns up against Dundee United. And can you do what finishes off? Uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake. It's so fucking good. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking good. I haven't been much of a gamer in recent years. I've just kind of dabbled. But uh, Resident Evil's always been one of my favourites. And uh, Resident Evil 2 is a classic game when I was younger. And this remake is it's the best Resident Evil ever. And it's so fucking good. So fucking good. So basically, it's we've fucking terrifying. We've, basically, <laughs> we've got uh, the NFL booing things and video games. So this we, we really are hitting all the notes that you think we're gonna hit. The, the sort of people that we are. So yeah, do enjoy that. We're back in just a second. So as this is a football podcast, nominally, um, we'll talk first of all as we got Jamie here. I thought it'd be important to start with. What was one of the biggest results of the weekend, in a, in a lot of ways, which is similar to St Johnston now, 
uh, as Jonathan Abika and Danny Mullen scored to give St Mirren three pint points in what could turn out to be a proper six point run as things go. And more importantly, St Mirren can't score goals and then score overhead kicks. I know, and we get like, two amazing goals as well. The second one was so well worked as well. So when we've been going ages without a goal and to get two of the cheeky little fuckers in the one game, <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> I mean, uh, they were needing goals, but then St Johnston came into town. I mean, yeah. their defence has been absolutely shocking recently. But uh, yeah, you're totally right. There were, um, I mean, no red kick. It was it was well executed, but he had a, he had a yeah, large the, part of the goal to aim at yeah. and all that. And he was quite close to it, and he didn't have many defenders round about him either. Yeah, exactly. So he had Scott, the... Scott Tanzer running away from him. Was, <laughs> I, I see what, what Tanzer's doing because he knows the keeper's obviously like somebody's. But win the ball, win the ball first, and then deal with it. There, as you said. As you said, Danny Mullen's finish was terrific mm-hmm. as well. And I think the important thing to do that for Danny Mullen is to only give him the ball at the exact moment where he has to hit it. Yeah, because there's... Any any hesitation mm-hmm. there? No. Because any time he's got the ball and he's got maybe like two defenders to face, you know he's running straight into that defender. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't quite know how to get by them. But as long as you give him at the point, like the ball perfectly on his foot for him to shoot... Done. It's going to go in the top yeah. corner for even the, the first time. Uh, even the chance that he had just before that, that he, kind of, he hit the post. Yeah, hit the post. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, it, was, it was a really good effort. But again, it was another one where he just didn't have to think about mm-hmm. it much. And the goals that he scored towards the end of last season, they were, they were all kind of crackers as well. They were all kind of like first-time volleys yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, all volleys are first-time, aren't they? Yeah. I don't think you have to say that, yeah. Unless you're Tony Boa. Tony Boa. Would that, would that be a first time volley? I don't know. Why, why, sorry, why would it not be a first time volley? One was on the thigh and then there was like, eh, anyway, 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 anyway. So, particularly the second goal, um, I thought it was so nicely worked. But I had the feeling I've seen this goal before. So I went back and looked at all the goals that St Johnston have conceded this season, which took fucking ages. Um, <laughs> And as it turns out, I have seen that exact goal on numerous occasions now. So the that's almost the same. Like ball to the byline, cut back. Joe Chalmers against Ross County right, um, yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. I was say the one you're describing there, is, uh, including a shagwell pass, another shagwell pass from uh, Kirk Broadfoot. Correct, weekend. correct. <laughs> um, Cam Berry scored a very similar one for Hibs when they drew, and uh, Pittman in the two-two game as well scored an okay. almost identical. So it's the same goal over and over again of St Johnston's fullback. Generally, Scott Tanzer getting beaten the ball, getting crossed in the the, the centre of the eighteen yard box to find a player standing there. I think this might be a problem for St Johnston going forward. How bad must Maddis Veeman be at this point? Yes, and he's not getting a look in, and their their their, their defending has been atrocious. I I've said it before. I do genuinely quite worry for St Johnston, and they feel to me like they're in a similar spot as. So you remember Dundee last year, uh, Motherwell in years past as well, where. You start the game reasonably well, you keep the ball, you move it around, you create a few chances, you don't score, and then after half an hour, after half an hour, you concede and then you lose the game. And they rolled over in that second half. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were, they were quite dominant to start with, but... Um, Without really bothering no. uh, Fladke, though. Aye, well, I think that was the few shots he might have faced this season so right, far. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had one that um, Ralston tried to pass into the net rather than strike through mm-hmm. it, and that was cleared, not quite off the line, but a few yards off the line by somebody. But I, other than that, I don't remember Fladke making a save in the no, first half. No. It's what Goodwin said after the game, was that he said that he, he thinks it's as, it's, it's as quiet as Vaclav has been throughout the, the season so far, which is not a great position to be in. I thought it was quite interesting to look at the two defences as well. And that Broadfoot was a very late addition mm-hmm. to St Mirren's uh, defence. Kind of dropped in the lap as much as I can tell by anything else. It seemed to be a very sort of last minute thing. Um, and what a difference I imagine Broadfoot would have made 
to that St Johnston defence because mm-hmm. that St Johnston backline what they're missing just an experience like, right, yeah just absolutely bereft of, of any sort of confidence there or any sort of experience and you're asking Jason Kerr to do an awful lot to drag Wallace Duffy through a game as well as well as Scott Tanzler who can he defend and Tony Ralston as well as trying to big up Xander Clark the whole time as how, well how do you think things have been so far this season I mean obviously the League Cup we could just put yeah. it to one side but how do you think the League campaign has gone for something so far not too bad like we were quite structured throughout certain games that we've played this season while not getting the results or scoring any goals uh, luckily we've got like I would say the best keeper in the league that's actually kept us with a shout of being able to get away from that relegation place this was the kind of game that I was looking at that this is where it will really define what's going to happen like if we had lost this we I could have easily saw with the bottom four being Hearts, Hibs, St Johnson and us um, we could have easily been left adrift um, getting that win and the goals that we scored as well how well worked they were hopefully it just sparks a little bit more confidence especially up front where we can now just kick on uh, we'll obviously get Kilmarnock next week as well which um, similar team in similar, similar ways, team yeah. really good defence as well so it'll be interesting to see um, how we kind of go forward to this because we, one, we're always usually one step forward two steps back so it wouldn't be unlike someone to go out and lose four goals next, yeah. next week <laughs> <laughs> but again, I mean, certainly on the home form like someone have lost one game almost mm-hmm. sorry one goal in five home games which yep. is miserly and, and it was a free kick so it yeah, wasn't even a, a, an absolute beauty of a free yeah. kick as well so you can't have a, a great deal of complaints about that as well um, but yeah it's as it every week we do this and every week <laughs> I look at St. Mern- oh, sorry, St. John's still haven't won a game maybe next time maybe next time mm-hmm. they're up, they've got Aki's coming up next weekend as, as well which is massive at this mm-hmm. point they need to at some point this week this season win a game and they're not like you say in the same way that St Mirren could find themselves cut adrift with Hearts, Hibs and, and, and St Johnston being the teams above them you imagine Hearts and Hibs will start picking up points Livy continue to pick up points Aki's continue to pick up points when against teams that should be beating them comfortably if St Mirren pick up another win St Johnston continue to drop points as soon as you become isolated it becomes very very difficult it becomes a big chase and you need to look at if you're St Johnston at that point you need players with big characters to then drag them out of that situation mm-hmm. and to date this season we've not seen anyone within that St Johnston team that indicates that they have that big character to drag them out and as you were saying about Broadfoot what would Broadfoot do to that St Johnston's defence terrify them I, I, I know. <laughs> uh, there was quite similar with the, the striking striker situation as well there was kind of a heads up where Stevie May was going he was always favourites for St Johnston but St Mern were linked there as well and instead we kind of went with Obika and that's clearly now hopefully fallen into place he has been quite um, dangerous looking in previous games but um, he's just not quite got that goal now that he's got it hopefully it kind of goes ahead but then when you look at St Johnson with Stevie May still misfiring where are those goals going to kind of come from? I don't know uh, <laughs> I don't know and we, there was two sort of very quick penalty shots in that game as well the first the one for, on Danny Mullen for me is absolutely a penalty yeah. Matty Kennedy's perhaps held against him that he has a a slight reputation for threw himself down at it, yeah. Well, didn't they? I mean, yeah, and he does have a reputation for it as well, <laughs> yeah. so no sympathy. Anyway, so <laughs> moving on to what was formerly the form team in the top flight as Motherwell got absolutely fucked off Aberdeen 3 <laughs> nothing. Um I'm not in the best of moods about it given that I humped away back from Newcastle on Saturday morning, nursing an absolutely world class hangover, um, through a train with both a Hindu and a stag do on it in order to get a train to Airdrie to make the fur park on time to see us get absolutely pumped. Um, so less about us, absolutely more about Aberdeen, who despite having a, a, a line-up of six players were brilliant. <laughs> six, sorry, six defenders were absolutely brilliant. 
Yeah, uh, we were all kind of scratching our heads and trying to work out how they were going to line up. And um, in the end, it really paid off for them working. Uh, McInnes said they'd been working all, all week with them. Um, maybe longer because of the international break with um, Viner and Lee in the centre midfield and I noticed that Viner got into the sports scene team of the week but uh, from, after watching the game I actually thought Lee was the better player I, yeah. thought, I thought Lee was excellent I thought Lee was absolutely terrific it just and I mean, both of them are very, very good, so you can't really fault either no, of them. Of but both of them, absolutely. I mean, Viner scored an absolutely cracking goal. Three absolutely, yeah. On a weekend of an amazing goals, um, three, all three in this game were excellent. Three. But Lee was just strolling around the middle of the park, throwing people away, pinging cross field mm-hmm. passes. Every time I've seen him, seen him at fullback, he looks like a very decent footballer. I had no idea that if you dropped him at a central midfield, he turned it into like prime Pirlo yeah. and start pinging them about. He was absolutely terrific throughout the game as well. And Motherwell just they had no answer to. Uh, the physicality of Aberdeen and the quality of Aberdeen as well it would be dead easy to just say Aberdeen came out and battled us because they did but they were just better than us in every department were better all over the place um, is Andy Considine the 6 or 7 out of 10 champion in Scottish football over the past 5 years is there any is there any player in Scottish football that's performed at a 6 or 7 out of 10 level as consistently as Andy Considine I think he's actually got better in recent seasons I, I see at, at least sorry, at least 6 or 7 out of 10 yeah I think he's kind of kicked, kicked it on a bit and become like a, a really important player for them in, in, in recent years because there was a while yeah there was a long time where he was just distinctly average for a long yeah. time and he's really brought it up but yeah you're right there's a baseline that he always hits yeah, yeah. Uh, you get a lot of fantastic performances out of Considine it's always one of those players as well that I've always thought why has he never even been in contention for a Scotland call up at all like um, when you see him he is quite consistent he's always there or thereabouts to like just keep Aberdeen sort of ticking along and with the amount of dross that's been in the Scotland squad how has he never had a look in this absolutely can't fault it and again just every every time he's up against Motherwell he always seems very comfortable in a lot of ways um, and again has comes up against a guy with nothing but rapid pace um, or alternately James Scott who went over and had a go at him as well and just neither of them get anywhere near him for so yeah. the entirety of the 90 minutes just absolutely controlled the fullback area as well. Um, the first goal, particularly for Motherwell, is, is really poor, poor one to lose. Um, Hartley just gone off uh, briefly for yeah. about a minute beforehand. And Maguire was filling in for him. Yeah, and it was it was really clear that Hartley was coming off. He'd taken a uh, James Wilson shot to the head. While, as I say, Aberdeen were very good, James Wilson put in the most anonymous display I've ever seen from any, <laughs> from any team and any player at any point. He, When he got subbed off, I genuinely had forgotten he was on the field at any point. Um, but he had an absolute cannon of a shot which saw off Peter Hartley with a, a blow to the head. Hartley didn't look like, like he wanted to come off. Motherwell were very slow in, in, in bringing on Bevis Mugabe. Um, <laughs> and in that time, dropped Maguire in a certain half and basically we got Mugabe warmed up and brought on and it really came back to bite us. Um, what a finish. <laughs> absolutely beautiful goal. Lovely ball through, lovely finish. And as you say, all three, um, again, was... Once again, Highland why McGinn is in Aberdeen teams yeah, because he pitched that one just yeah, over just to the less, but yeah, clip it, it into the corner as well. And then, as you say, Viners was a, a, an absolute stunner of a strike as well. But uh, yeah, very as I say, very impressive from Aberdeen. Very poor from us. Uh, shout out to Chris Long for one of the most perfectly executed dives for a penalty I've seen in oh, quite yeah. some time. Ne- oh, it was just never a penalty, but it was. What, a, what it made, it really was... made it look like a penalty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the save? Yeah, well. yeah, absolutely what, fair play. Yeah. But Gallagher was um, 
a bit of a pest in this game. He was very good at closing mm-hmm. down. He's a very quick player, and he yeah. was very good at closing down. He was part of the folk closing down from McGinn's goal um, when Campbell got harried off the ball. Um, I think I still think he lacks a bit of an end product, but there's definitely something to work with there. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, we saw him in the, the European game at the start of the season, and it seems that he seemed to sort of at that game he looked like an absolute potential starter, yeah, um, and seemed to sort of dropped off a little bit. But I think giving giving him a bit more time um, and giving him a bit more of a defined role rather than just you're quick and you've got reasonable touch so you can be here today just give him a consistent role and let him play yeah. that team it's interesting as well that Aberdeen perhaps put in their best performance of the season maybe um, yeah. without... well, they started pretty poorly for the first time up until they scored they yeah. were quite poor um, and then yeah I think they just controlled it after that yeah. they, and um they just they went on a bit of a rampage just after half time and then after that they were just kind of content with what they had and Motherwell didn't have anything to but again that's without Lewis Ferguson but very notably mm-hmm. with uh, Scott McKenna and, and Michael Devlin and everyone in that back four <laughs> McKenna looked excellent some, 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 yeah, yeah looked an awful lot more comfortable and knew they were rolling an awful lot better it's kind of the performance they've been waiting for from Viner as well yes um, he kind of came in and not many people were too sure about him but um, the performance he had in that game was Outstanding, like he was, like you said, he was played out of position, yep. and it seems to be more natural than he's out of position. I, 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 I'm not sure he was played out of position anymore. <laughs> but as I said, square round holes are the way forward. Anyway, so we'll move on to uh, uh, Celtic Park as Celtic uh, Shellac Ross County six nothing. Um, Just a class of how not to defend from Ross County. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the most important thing that we can raise is that there was just not enough injury time played in this game. I think that's the really important Imagine thing to bring up. winning a game 6-0 and then complaining about the referees. <sighs> what, what the fuck? Mm, my, my wallet's too small for my 50s. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's pathetic. I'm not I'm not talking about Celtic anymore. <laughs> That's it. Done. I'm not giving them anymore. So uh, a Ross County team that hasn't beaten Celtic in the league since Stephen Walforth thumped one past them in 2013. Is this a great surprise that Ross County took a bit of a doing at Parkhead? I thought defensively they could have maybe showed a little bit more, but they were just all over the place. They weren't sure what to do. Like Even that Keith Watson diving header for the Edwards <laughs> goal, what was he even thinking? Like I mean, was... to, to be fair to Keith Watson, there'll be more on that later from someone that's significantly more prominent and significantly yes, better. Yeah, well, that is very Watson true. That is well. very true. But yeah, it, it almost looked like he wasn't even aiming for the ball. It was more of like a, let's just let's just <laughs> fall over here. Yeah, um, yeah but even like that, um, was it Jeremy Frimpong? Yeah. Like, I'm... Was that his debut for for Celtic? His first league he, game, at least. I think maybe maybe his first league game. Yeah, like, played in Baltic, absolutely game. brilliant player and a player that you think where Celtic have struggled in certain bits this season where he could have actually made a difference. Yeah. So it was a bit strange that this is the first time we've properly got to see him. Yeah, I mean, him and Forrest looked like they were linking up very very well on the right hand side and a way that Celtic's uh, sort of fullback and uh, and winger maybe haven't linked up since it was sort of Tierney and Sinclair and Sinclair's first season. They've all played, they've done, they've done different things and played in different ways. But having a full sort of wing of the pitch just absolutely terrorising uh, the other side. Uh, Frimpong against Michael Gardine looked like an incredibly <laughs> mismatched pairing in terms of... I mean, Michael Gardine's a very fine player and can do an awful lot of very good things. Uh, chasing an absolutely rapid fullback down the down the wing is not really what we're looking for at that point. Uh, but yeah, as you say, I thought him driving from fullback was really impressive in a way that they've not really had any, certainly from that area of the pitch in quite a long time. Power has been all right, but uh, this performance, Frimpong instantly looked much better. Yeah, yeah, offers offers a, a whole lot more kind of all of that. And saying that, 
how he is defensively, I don't think we really can answer that from this game particularly. Um, again, El Yunusi looked very, very, very decent as well. Um, are Celtic a better team without Ryan Christie? Well, <laughs> you, you did a different. Uh, like, we'll see. Well, let's look at the next match and then we'll decide that. <laughs> um, Ross County have ha- had a propensity for this kind of thing, this kind of defending. They did it. Uh, what was the game? They got absolutely humped at home, and they were. It was the worst. Perf- it was the worst showing. The Levy game. Was it the Levy game? Yeah, yeah. that was it. Four two or something like that, and it was the worst defensive showing in the Premiership for. Uh, as, as I, I can remember anyway for a long time. Uh, and this was of that ilk again. It could have been about seven nil at half time. They lucky, luckily got on it one nil, and then they just crumbled in the second half as well. Like you say, that diving header kind of <laughs> set the tone, and then um, the what was it? What was it? What was the one where the defenders just? Is it McGregor's the, the hole they leave in the centre of the defence for McGregor to creep through? Yeah, it's just yeah. criminal. And it was it was reminiscent of St Johnston's performance there on the opening day of the season actually. Because even when the the sixth goal went in, um, like. Three or four Ross County players put their hand up for offside, despite like three of them keep uh, playing everybody on. Like it was that. just like, oh, you've just no. <laughs> that was um, one of their. I mean, they didn't have many weaknesses last season, but that was a, a weakness from them last season. They never quite settled upon uh, 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 the right defensive pairing for for large parts of the season. Uh, they chopped and changed a lot. Uh, and I think they need to do better than Watson and Fontaine. Yeah, yeah I think there's, there's I, I still think they'll be fine this season, but I think they, they probably need to address that. Yeah, yeah, as you say, with with similar the similarity to St Johnston game, hopefully for Ross County for them it, it ends at that point. Um, interesting though, in that as, as it's been highlighted about a hundred times in the past sort of twenty four hours, is that goal difference could very genuinely be in play this year. Um, if it's going to be Rangers and Celtic chasing the title all season long, then results like this suddenly become very much more relevant in terms of the, the, the greater schemes of things. Uh, I thought it was interesting as well, and Neil Lennon said it was the, the most complete form of performance that we've had um, he certainly possibly, ever, possibly ever as, in, in, his, in his time as, as Celtic manager, yeah, which is spells. quite a thing to say given that as Neil Lennon would presumably remind us all that he once beat Barcelona, um, <laughs> so that would be a very relevant thing to highlight there. Um, but it's, I thought it was very interesting with that given that there's a lot of a lot of the bodies which um, Celtic seem to bring on reasonably late in the transfer window were there, uh, like Frimpong, like Frimpong and El Yunusi, uh, having a big part of that as well. So, I don't know, that all felt like a bit sort of bargain bin who's left sitting around at the, when the music stops for Celtic at the time, but maybe it's part of a... Maybe Neil Lennon's smarter than, than, than I give him credit for. Possibly, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought Brian Graham getting in a fight with Neil Beaton at the end seemed very odd. I missed that. I missed that as well. No, I didn't there was know that. There was a, a Brian Graham and Neil Beaton had to come together in the tunnel after, which seemed like a very odd mismatch of people. Yeah, I don't know. Nonetheless. Anyway, uh, moving on uh, to the Gary Holt derby, uh, which took place in Kilmarnock <laughs> as Kilmarnock uh, defeated Livingston 2 1. Uh, Kilmarnock and Livingston both continue to impress. Weirdly, in a game where somebody, somebody has to lose a game of football generally. Um, but yeah, very two very good teams playing of what looked like a very decent game. I believe they weren't too bad in this game, even though they they lost. But they, they've lost a very good team. A team that's in very good form. One defeat in seven. That uh, coming against Celtic, they're now two points off third. I mean, he's in the form that they're in at the moment. I mean, he's on course to be uh, manager manager of the month at this rate. 
I look forward to all the climb downs and, and doubling downs. I'm sure there'll be as well in certain quarters. Uh, but no, he's uh, he, uh, Alessio's uh, obviously doing a, a fantastic job at the moment after a really, really sicky start. Um, the main takeaway from this game, though, is it's Craig Anderson will be furious that Kilmarnock were in their away strip. Yes, I'm struggling to put sentences together. Right so, <laughs> uh, so I heard him on a podcast not too long ago <coughs> saying that uh, Scotland. Scotland when they don't play in blue and that yeah. kind of thing uh, uh, please finish that thought for me uh, yeah the Scotland should always play in blue regardless of what it was a part of our Patreon where we discussed some nice. of our favourite Scotland kits but Scotland that Scotland should always play in blue unless they absolutely cannot play in blue which I do kind of agree with them generally on that as well but again come on we'll wait on. what I it's thanks no, for digging me sorry, it's, <laughs> I, th- I found it really notable as well that throughout the Kilmarnock team there's a whole series of just really strong partnerships throughout it and while Alessio has brought in some new players and made some changes they it doesn't really seem to have made a great deal of difference last year obviously Broadfoot and Finlay were a really strong partnership he's brought in uh, Del Fabro who is looking more and more like an extra from Platoon because he's, he's, he's got his headband <laughs> he's got his massive bandaged arm as well so I can only presume that next time it's going to be like heavy strapping on his right thigh or something like that he's absolutely everywhere as well yeah, in the park he is as well unbelievable yeah. um, and as you say as I say just the partnership between him and Finlay looks really really strong every time you see a Donald and Buck together they look sort of bottling telepathic in terms of I know exactly where he'll be I know exactly what he's going to do and the build-up to was it the first second goal as well was a really good was a second goal really good example of Buck finding a Donald cutting inside and getting a ball across just really 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 good and then of course the midfield three in there as well all three which isn't a partnership is more of a trio but the the ways in which that they all work together yeah. all seems so well balanced I took them a while to get to grips in this one um, Libby started uh, better and. Um put them under quite a bit of pressure but once uh, the three that you mentioned El McCreaney, Piller and Dicker um, started dominating that, that they, they never really looked back really um, Interesting as well that that's somehow Gary Dicker's second goal for Kilmarnock given the absolute quality of that strike <laughs> yeah. as well Ridiculous but again as you said Levy was very good in the game and what kind of struck me most of all from Levy was just the amount of pressing and the amount of I don't realise this is fairly common it's, it's Levy's thing but in this game it seemed to have sort of turned up to 11 and Gary Holt had them running on treadmills all week just to see if they get that half yard quicker. But the the speed and the power at which they were, they were pressing on top of the Kelly defenders and Kelly midfield was unbelievable. It was just, I said, I really enjoyed big chunks of this game. I thought it was really entertaining and really good fun. Any more? Well, with regards to Kamarnock as well, uh, with the addition of Simeon Jackson, while he didn't actually come off the bench yesterday, uh, so Saturday, uh, he, I think, could add quite a extra dynamic for Kilmarnock especially like I saw him at St Martin and there was a lot of times when he was offside but maybe we were just weren't quick enough to actually link up with him um, I, I think with even whether they're going to play him as a main striker or just have him coming off the bench uh, it's just something different that Kilmarnock can do now basically and it'll I think it'll just help them a bit more this season with um, maybe not in the penalty aspect but uh, yeah like, as, a, as a good sign <laughs> so is he, is he more uh, more of a sort of Striker is more willing to put a player in behind than playing yeah. the last man. Yeah. Which again, I mean, even Brophy is commonly offside, so I think they, I would imagine, they, <laughs> yeah, well, I imagine the commander supporters would be, be very used to I'd that. I'd say he's well. a wee bit more on target than Brophy, but more keeper centric. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, to, to state the obvious, if there's one thing that they're missing, it is uh, more goals. Yeah. They've uh, the top goal scorers, O'Donnell, were two, and then they've got a, a 
I think five, the entirety of the squad five on players one. on one or something like that. Yeah, so I mean, it's the, the thing is though with Simeon Jackson, he scored something like six goals in thirty mm-hmm. odd games or something for some. Was it as much as thirty? But I mean, so what were his? Did, did he contribute a lot other than? Yeah, yeah, he was um, with St. Mullen, The way we were playing as well, we were always kind of back to the wall. Uh, we were, he kind of pushed out wide a lot, but he does have a lot of pace, and he will bring the ball up. We just kind of didn't have anyone else running on. So with Kilmarnock's midfield, I think it will work quite a lot. Um, he probably won't need to do as much work as he did at St. Mullen, and he needs to do at Kilmarnock. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll fit in nicely, and I think it'll actually be a quite a good um, signing when we look back at it at the end of the season. Actually, yeah. uh, as well as that, from Kilmarnock's point of view, just bodies. Yes. Just kind of I just think at this point, could just do with any more bodies that are, are, are kicking around. So. We'll move on to Sunday's game uh, at Tynecastle where Hearts can have the point against Rangers. Uh, Hearts are back and also, and also <laughs> Hearts are back. Exactly. In both senses, Hearts are both back. Hearts still haven't won at home for a long time. It's a long, long time. But being top of the league didn't last long. Huh? No. Although, uh, I mean, they are still technically top of the league, joint top of the league, Craig. Oh, really? But there is a two next to the name, and if it stays the way it is, now they're second. <laughs> so <laughs> joint top of league. I believe the line. I believe the line that everyone is the line that everyone is hitting is that they are joint top. Um, first of all, Hearts. They looked certainly the first twenty minutes, at the very least, significantly more interesting than mm-hmm. any other twenty minutes in Hearts season so far. Um, chasing things down, actually looking like a Hearts team should do it. I think I actually had in my hotties to begin with. Tynecastle, because Tynecastle was again very briefly back at the start mm-hmm. of the game, um, but Hearts looked, it looked like Uchi was having one of his days. Yeah. Um, everyone, it looked like I had the feel, of the atmosphere and the feel of one of the games where Hearts have turned up at Tynecastle and, mm-hmm. and scudded one of the old firm, uh, put four goals past them or yeah. something like that. It very much had the makings of one of those performances early on, but I mean, alas, they couldn't sustain it. But um, even even when Rangers did turn the screw and um, did uh, start becoming the better team, I thought Michael Smith was. Mm-hmm. I know Uche got man of the match on. Uh, no, it was BT, but I thought Michael Smith was outstanding during the game, and uh, he's he's. I mean, and you, I was already going to say this before you said it in the hotties and noughties that you you could put him in any position. Yeah, and he's Hearts' best player. Uh, he has. I was going to say that he has been our best centre back this season. Forget Suter and forget Halka. He's, he's been our <laughs> best centre back this season. It's, it's, it's not even a joke. And he's played previously played in centre midfield and done really well as well. So uh, I, but I, I thought he was outstanding. It's quite telling as well that throughout the game, Rain, like with how attacking Rangers have been this season, they only managed one shot on target. Yeah, that's it. Um, albeit that was the goal, way. unfortunately. But um, yeah, like Hearts managed to kind of. Stave that off a little bit, you know, um, especially with uh, when Rangers went above Celtic um, in the last round of games. You kind of thought, well, I kind of thought that this would be it. They'd be spurred on, they're above Celtic, and they'll just continue going. Yeah. And then with the Hearts fixture coming up, you thought, this isn't going to be a great day for Hearts, is it? They'll, they'll probably, like, I thought maybe four or five now, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, just didn't I, happen. Because since they lost to Celtic, they've, they've just gone on mm-hmm. this, this rampage and just, like, been putting goals past teams for fun and, and barely barely conceding but yeah but too, uh, too many players had an off day for Rangers I think mm-hmm. uh, Tavernier was poor Arfield uh, continued his poor start to the season uh, Hearts managed to stop Davies from getting on the ball and dictating I noticed that they kind of managed to stop him and Kamara linking mm-hmm. up especially um, but obviously the Rangers still had their spell in the game and still came into it and um, were, were well worthy of their goal and uh, Morelos' celebration was fantastic <laughs> I was very surprised that he didn't get booked but I was 
I was um, delighted that he, he took a bit because there's no need to really. I mean, I no. think strictly he should have been booked, the referee should have been booked in there, but I'm glad that he kind of turned a blind eye to it. No, because uh, again. He's it's good a... in the, the family section, so. <laughs> if you're going to go to the section, go to the family exactly, section. Get exactly. it, get... You're not going to cause a riot. Get that right up them. Except for the woman who was filming it for some reason. Yeah, no. <laughs> I say family. This is in Gorgie, remember? The fact that. Uh, <laughs> in Gorgie. Um, I'd also like to highlight how funny I found uh, Alan McGregor's booking um, for getting booked for solely <laughs> just for being raging. It's been a few miles since we've had an Alan McGregor meltdown. They're yeah. always fun, though. Yeah, just getting booked for just being absolutely raging. For yeah. not understanding what had been given. Yeah, very, very enjoyable. And secondly, as well, uh, the second main funny bit of Rangers for the day was James Tavernier, who had an absolute shite mare of a day um, from his... Uh, failure to well again as you said with Keith Watson <laughs> Keith Watson esque diving header um, to walk back towards his own goal where he got next to nothing on it um, followed by hitting about 300 awful crosses and dead balls yeah. he's just not been at it the past couple of weeks either even with Rangers pushing on and scoring quite a few he's really been a weak link in this team especially like with Rangers fans um, especially Candace like not being there to help like track back and cover for him uh, and he scored a hat trick at the weekend as well, didn't he, yeah. Candice? So I'm sure. I think it was a hat trick and like three assists as well, or something ridiculous. You'd love that. to see it when it's not at Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, really, uh, uh, he had a really, really tough day. Uh, on tough days as well for fullbacks. Uh, unfortunately, Alan Hickey had probably his his worst performance in a hard shot so far. Yeah. Improved as he moved to left back, but he just looked deadbeat. It was just an experience that came into it where instead of hitting out for a um, yeah. throw in, he's hit out for a corner, he's lost his man, but then he wasn't the only person who to lose their man in yeah. that corner when the goal came. Even um, I thought like Glenn Whelan on the line could have made me made a bit of an effort, better effort to go through his legs, I think, yeah. uh, to go in. That's a bit gutting as well. So. There's a few, I mean, we saw the same in the Motherwell game as well, and it was just before the corner. Hickey tried to sort of turn out from in being the defence and was closed down and just about got away with it and he, he hadn't had a great game up to that point you looked at him and right okay maybe that'll see him and he'll screw the head and he'll be okay and then he compounded it with a mistake and then a second mistake which ultimately cost him the goal and we saw the same at Fur Park on, uh, on Saturday as well Barry Maguire had a kind of poor start to the game dropped in a centre half got done by Cosgrove and it took him best part of 40-50 minutes to recover from it and they're young players and it's important that they they're all good. There's there's no there's no doubting that they're good, and that's why they're at this level. But now it becomes a test for the players that are here since he came into the Hearts team. He looks like he's got the right mentality. He to, does, to, yeah. To they, deal with that yeah. kind of thing. He looks like a calm player, uh, and he looks like the kind of guy that will just take poor perf- performance in his stride mm-hmm. and know that, that this kind of thing is going to happen. These are these are the, the these are the first real challenges these players have come up against, um, and it's, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how both of them respond. I think. I'd hope both of them uh, respond positively and come back next week and kick somebody out of the stand and score a forty-yard scream or something along these lines. Um, but I think it's a, I think it'll be very interesting to see how both of them respond with that as well. Even despite his errors that he did make, he still had his moments in the game where he did still look a bit of a, yeah. a threat and like a good player. So I think it was just an experience in the end of that. Definitely. Yep. Yeah, uh, all in all, I thought I thought it found really interesting just how little Morelos was in the game, but still managed to score um, for, for big chunks of the game. Didn't offer a huge amount. Um, I wasn't getting much service. No, and Che Ojo out on the wing will probably do that for us. Yeah. For, for there was forward. a couple of times he rolled defenders and it was like tactically fouled and things like that. But yeah, but I, he still got his goal though. He still scored a crucial yeah. goal. It's an important one. Um, so that takes us to our, our final game for the weekend. So tell me if you've st- you've heard this one before. 
Uh, Stevie Mallon scores a smashing goal. Hibernian don't win. <laughs> Stevie Mallon error leads to their other goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ten games without a win. At, ten games without a win for Hibs, but unbeaten in three. So some real positives for them coming up. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a great goal. It's yeah. got an absolutely great goal. It's an absolute beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Stevie. As I said, Stevie Mallon scores a smashing goal. <laughs> um, it was a, a smashing goal, and what is. Easily the shittest kit in the country. Um, <laughs> truly an appalling thing and an absolute abomination. Smashing goal straight across the box. Um, then they just kind of fell apart. They really looked. Brian Rice highlighted this in his, his, his interview with Duncan as well. Just felt like they, they could get more at the second half. That Aki's really feel that they could. Uh, um, they could still create chances. They could still make it happen. And there's real sort of positivity coming out of Aki's, which is nice. It's a really good thing. Um, and ultimately got the chance through a, a lazy fucking leg. Aye, yeah. Um, that Horgan miss as well was probably as as bad as Morgan's goal was good. Yep. Um, obviously that will always come back to bite you, especially when you're playing Hamilton. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's speaking from experience. <laughs> Hamilton will always come back to haunt you. <laughs> Neil seemed to do pretty well. He put in the cross for that yeah. uh, for that Horgan chance, and it was his cross that eventually made its way to Malin for the for mm. the finish. But he seemed to do pretty well. And it actually, through working well with Dodge on the left for that Horgan that Horgan chance as well so maybe and and, and, and the Hibs fans have been impressed with James right back as well mm-hmm. recently so maybe, maybe Hanlon not Hanlon what's his name Heckenbottom's signings are maybe mm-hmm. starting to come to fruition a wee bit but it's still a draw against I know it's an away draw but mm-hmm. a, a draw against one of the poorer sides in the league and they really need to start getting some, some wins soon yeah um, what I really enjoyed most of all about the penalty which I've got a lot of time for someone that absolutely just thunders it down the middle to begin with because fair play for just hitting it's it. Very Gary, Gary McAllister. Yeah, it's like another kind of inches to the side and it was off his elbow. Yeah, I'm just going to hit it really, really hard. So yeah. you, you, you can stand in the way or you can get out of the way. It's yeah. entirely up to yourself. But I've really enjoyed the ball boys behind the goal who immediately turned around and started giving it to the Hibs support. <laughs> like, your, the Hibs support, you haven't won a game in 10. You've just lost a goal to Hamilton Ackes to equalise at the Fountain of Youth Stadium. And some nine-year-olds are getting it right up you. Just thoroughly, while still having to watch that kit, it looks like it's made in grayscale. Appalling stuff. <laughs> um, I was about unlucky to have a, had a goal chopped off. Yeah, I don't like. It kind of took like this, like from certain angles, it doesn't look like it hits his hand at all. Um, but I think it like maybe grazes his knuckles. Maybe um, it was really unlucky, but um, it's kind of funny as well because <laughs> his fans finally get to see Deutsch score a goal and it's handball yeah it should have stood I think it kind of feels like Hibs in a nutshell at this moment in mm-hmm. time as well like Deutsch gets his chance and does what is actually a really nice bit of play to knock it and no chance in there unfortunately but anyway uh, thanks very much for listening yeah uh, I planted, by the way I planted the sob I don't I have much to say about that game and I apologise I planted the sob story at the start of this podcast about how I didn't have much time to prepare because of my day at work yesterday <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just flagging that up so, so that I don't get killed as far uh, please uh, you'll get uh, Craig Cairn at Craig Cairn 001 for some pelters uh, thank you very much for joining us today Jamie really appreciate you coming along and pitching in uh, for... if you want to know more about Jamie and if you want to know more about Jamie, we will be about to go off and record the Patreon 
uh, which we'll be doing some Knowing Terrace podcast, Knowing You, um, with some of the questions that you guys asked last time and probably some of the ones that I've forgotten what answer to the first time, so you can have a second <laughs> answer to those on my second go around. Uh, but you can find out a little bit more about Jamie. Uh, Jamie, do you have something you want to plug for us? Uh, well, you can just follow me on Twitter. It's just at Jamie Coburn. You did pronounce my name properly. It is spelt Cockburn, but yeah, it's Silent CK, so... Um, you, and I'm on Paisley FM um, 10 o'clock on a Saturday night playing alternative music uh, you can hear me on there it's online paisleyfm.co.uk smashing uh, as I said we're off to do the Patreon you can subscribe to that at patreon.com slash terrace podcast from as little as $2 a month or $5 a month if you want extra Gary Cocker content along those lines the TV show inspired <laughs> by this podcast will again be back on Friday night at half past 10 Hope you guys are really enjoying it. If you don't, if you don't enjoy it, keep it to yourself. Thanks very much, Jamie. Thanks. Thanks very much, Craig. Cheers. Thanks very much, Graham. Sports Social Podcast Network.